Welcome back to another episode of Small Town Big Takes. Coming at you with episode 20, Mother's Day Massacre. The fall apart of our very own 76ers on a Sunday afternoon that made me cry. Joe, take us in. Well, it was absolutely brutal. Definitely threw a wrench in my, um, other than that, great Mother's Day. But on a brighter note, um, Small Town Big Takes is back for the summer. We're back in person. We got those little technical difficulties uh, figured out. I'm sure you saw episode 19 was finally able to upload. So that's been smoothed out. We're going to be back on the weekly uploads. Um, follow the Instagram, Small Town Big Takes. Super excited to be back in person with my guy. You know, it was a long month there trying to figure out what was going on, but figured it out and uh, we're back. And fortunately, not the happiest um, topic to talk about today, but hey, after some um, mock trades, maybe the future could be bright. So, but in conclusion, yeah, the process is over. Yeah, six second round playoff exits. Um, I don't, and this is when I was listening to the post like media whatever uh with Daryl Morey during his interview uh with the media and they were like oh like six second round playoff exit like how do you, you know was the coaching the problem if he made it to the Eastern Conference Finals and he was like oh I don't want to talk about theoretically if they made it blah 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 this and he's like also I don't want to hear about the second round I just want to hear we didn't win the championship to me when you have your president of basketball not addressing what's been the problem for the past six years of not getting out the second round and just saying, don't, oh, we didn't win a championship? No. You can't make it out of the second round. That's that's just, boom, that's what it is. And you have, in the three years that you have been here, you have not gotten us out of the second round. Yeah, and it's not like it's the same roster. Like, you've tried different rosters, tried different things, brought in new bench units. You know, you tried Jimmy Butler, you tried James Harden. You brought in Harris. You did a lot. You drafted Maxi. You moved off Thibel. You moved off Ben. Like, you made a lot of moves. It's not like you've just been running it back with the same group of guys and you can't get by. Like, you've tried things, and it's just not working with these core guys. And I'm going to get into this in a little bit, but I got a big problem with Embiid and how he carried himself through this series and especially about his comments afterwards. Yeah, I, I didn't mind his bead as much as Harden because – Mostly, the Doc Rivers firing was because of James Harden. And we don't even know if this guy's going to be coming back to Philadelphia 76ers. And when you're betting on your star player to come back because the coach is fired. So, Daryl Moore is like, oh, this is my best guy, James Harden. I've been with him in Houston. And, you know, the first step to get him back is to fire Doc. I, I don't like that move because, personally, I don't want James Harden on this basketball team anymore. Yes, he did drop two 40-point games. Yes, he did lead uh, the league in ex- – no, he was like top five in assist. And I think he did lead him. Because I, th- sure. I think he just got over Tyrese Halliburton because I know Halliburton was up there. Halliburton, yeah, they both had missed a couple games. But, yeah, I think I think he might not – I think he led an average assist. He led an average games, assist per game, not, not total assist. Yeah. Yes, that correct. But I think – Maxi can take on the role of Harden and be the superstar player. And in our off-season uh, predictions and mocks, letting go of Harden might be the best move for the Sixers team. 
I think I think you got to move off both of them. I mean, they just didn't look like winners, and then they're throwing everybody else under the bus. When in that game seven, Harris, yeah, he was stat stuffing a little at the end, but he had nineteen. Maxi showed up. You know, you got some production out of the bench, and Embiid and Harden were combined nine for thirty. So they didn't show up when it mattered the most, and they didn't show up the game before that. And you know, Embiid after the game, he's making jokes, and he's like, "Oh well." You know, can't just be me and James. Like, no, you and James, in my eyes, played the worst out of anybody in Game 7, proportional to, like, the players that you are and the potential that you have. Like, you're the MVP of the league. You average 33 points a game. Like, you need to show up. I get it. And this gets forgotten, so I'm going to, you know, give him a little little something here. Like, yeah, he's playing with a torn PCL, and that just gets forgotten every year. Like, last year, he had the orbital fracture. People are like, Embiid's playing terrible. We'll give him a little slack. You know, he's playing terrible. He almost, he almost lost his vision. Yeah. Like, he almost lost his vision. He definitely had a concussion, and then this year, again, he has something torn in his knee. So, I I respect that he was even out there. You know, normally that's a six-week recovery. He only had two weeks off. So, you know, give him the benefit of the doubt in that aspect. But overall, I just didn't think he showed up enough. And, ah, you know, I think it's also, it definitely hurts the chemistry that the guy who just declined his player option is the guy you let pretty much dictate the firing of your coach. And then it comes out... And Bede wasn't happy with it, so now is the locker room split up. It's just it's one thing after another. Like it's honestly exhausting being a fan and following this team. Yeah, no, I I agree with you, and I like the point you brought up with the injury because a lot of people don't talk about it. A lot of people are like, "Oh, it's healthy and beat." I mean, when you look at him against the Brooklyn Nets, he looked faster and just more like into it, enthused. And, after, and they were throwing everything at him. Shock Vaughn's game plan was not let him be beat. Granted, they got swept. It didn't work, but he did hold him beat to 20 because he was just throwing body. After well, body yeah. And, and granted, Embiid didn't need to score 30 a game to win. And he let he let Maxi, Harden, and others to get involved. Harris uh, in the first round. Harris like, had a great Harris team. had 18 points per game, I believe, in the first round. Yeah. Um, but other than that, you know, Doc out. It does split the locker room, and I, I agree with you because Harden's not your s- superstar on your team, and B it is, and B's the guy who's your superstar, and again, I didn't like Harden's comments when he's like, oh, we're still getting used to playing with each other and, you know, adjusting my game. I get it, but it's been a year and a half, man. Mm-hmm. I'm like, we can adjust. That's why you got all year, all off season to train together. I mean, if you want, if you two want to be the most dominant duo, why can't we practice it in the off season every single day? Yep, I agree. I agree. I mean, Chase, like obviously, not everyone's gonna agree with this take, and I know half of basketball fans think Jokic is the best player in the league, and then you know a good percentage also think Embiid's the best player in the league right now. But I'm just getting to a point watching, and I watch, I watch the Celtics drive and kick and high switch the Sixers to death, and I think Embiid's a great defender, like he's a elite glass cleaner and rim protector but it's it's not a knock on a beat again like he physically is just too big he does not have the lateral quickness to defend these guards in a guard dominated league and i'm at the point i'm gonna lay a hot take here i think the nuggets will never win a finals with Jokic as their best player and i think it's gonna take a guy who's absolutely just on a different level of Jokic and Embiid, which is gonna be so hard to do because you know, there's three MVPs in the last three years between the two of those guys, but I don't think you can win an NBA Finals in today's league with the center as your best player. And I'm looking in the last couple of years, the guys who have been the best players, won the most championships, Curry, Thompson, LeBron, 
Jimmy Butler's been to three Eastern Conference Finals in the last couple of years. Giannis, big, not quite a center, power forward. Lopez is the center, so not a center. Don't even try me there. Kawhi went on that 2019 run, a couple runs earlier with the Spurs. Durant, two rings, granted, stacked team, but, you know, playoff success. Averages 30 a game in the playoffs. Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell, Jalen Brunson, Kyrie when he was on the Cavs, Kobe, Jordan, of course, Dame Time, Lillard. Like, those guys, to me, are playoff winners, and... I just don't think the playoffs are designed for centers. The game, the possessions matter more. And centers have the, in my eyes, they have the ability to really like jam up the flow of an offense. In no way am I saying the Sixers are a better team with Embiid off the court. But like you saw in game one, we were running and gunning, playing like a little like Mike D'Antoni's old system. And it just was smoother. And that's just where I'm at. So I think you have to move off Embiid. Again, Embiid was a big fan of you for years. I think you're a great player. You deserve to win MVP this year, but I just I think now it's clear to me after these last six years what the ceiling is, and I don't think you're ever winning a championship in Philly with Embiid. Yeah, uh, I can I can see why, but I just can't move off of Embiid. I think Joel is the star player of Philly, and a lot of people saying like, oh, he doesn't represent Philly like Jalen Hurts and Bryce Harper. I'm one of those. Yeah, and and I and I get that, but when I and I think it was just this past this past year you didn't they really. They had insane years. They did, and I and I think you look at this past year; it's not what you wanted from Joel. But the previous years, you could see. And I take it back to the 2019 run with Jimmy, but like he was so enthusiastic at home, getting the crowd going, you know, kind of like feeling himself. And that was he was fully healthy then too. It wasn't like he was injured. Um, that's the kind of beat I want all the time. I don't want this, you know, I, I like serious and beat. I like that, but I want him at home getting the crowd going. I want him. I was there game six. I saw the ear to crowd. Yeah, dunk. I want that from Embiid. I think that adds to his swagger. And I'm just a little comparative to another Philly athlete, Nick Castellanos. Didn't have his swagger last season. Got his swagger back, and he is batting like a silver slugger again. Yeah, he's and, been in the 300s. And yeah. at home, he's been batting 400. He's got the jersey unbuttoned, the chain Exactly. Out. The swagger. And Bede, I just think, hasn't had a swagger this past season. And I think, I, since, I think it's because of the, the maturity. Yeah. I think it's just because of the maturity and, like, kind of the media has made him, like, oh, you have to mature. But, you know, like, I love it when Jalen... He's got to start having fun again. Yeah. And I agree. And I think, Maybe a new coach, and Joe and I are looking at Nick Nurse um, as the next uh, best coach. And I and you know what? I think he's the best option. Him or Sam Cassell, I think, or even Monty Williams. Just because Monty's been in the building before, he know, you know he knows the organization as long as well as Sam Cassell. He's uh, on the bench right now as a bench JJ coach. JJ Redick, another guy knows the organization. I don't even want JJ Redick near my 76ers. No. No. I don't know how I feel about it. Like I know he's a smart guy, but I feel. But he's like not. A, but he doesn't have coaching experience. That and I right now. You know what it would turn into? What? A Steve Nash situation. Fair. I think like, you, I think that's the way it would because Nash didn't have it. And think about it, Nash was dealing with Katie and Kyrie and Hart. Big personality. Yeah, big person. Joel's big personality. You get yeah. maybe Harden stays big personality. It's I don't also think. Also, like it'd be a weird dynamic because they were teammates and like Embiid was better. Like Embiid was the leader of the team. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it'd be weird now. They also, did have the best pick and roll. 
like in the league yeah, and when nice. they play together. I feel like JJ right now is a little too involved in the dramatics too. Like yeah. you know, as soon as you hit once you're first take, a on first I, take, I don't want to like, see you on my basketball team coaching. Yeah, come on. So I think you like you said, guys like Nick Nurse, Mike Budenholzer, I'd be open to. Um, you know, I have some problems with. He's a little set in his ways. Like he doesn't adjust a ton. So I think people would see him coaching a similar style as Doc. Like he's a good culture guy. Players like him, but like. Why are you not putting Giannis on Jimmy? You know, like things like yeah. that. It's like, I don't think Mike Boone would be the answer, but yeah, Nick Nurse would love to see it right now. He's got one to four odds, a so 25% chance of him ending up as the Sixers' next head coach, according to Vegas. I mean, yeah, yeah I'd love to see it. I that'd would be, too. That'd be my ideal situation. Um, but yeah, I mean, so what do we do now, Chase? Why don't we go into, um, if it's a dream world, if we're the GMs, what are we doing? Do you, want to, do you want me to go into my offseason first? Yes, sir. All right. So, to get things started, Joe and I are on Fanspo NBA trading app, and this takes in cap space, trades, and all the above, the tax, player, yeah. player it's options. It's not like we're, we just thought this up. You can't, like, it's not oh. like a fantasy. This actually yeah. is um, kind of what works out, what won't work out, what trade will succeed if you can do it. But this is, you know, we're not GMs. You know, we can't make – Every trade, we can't read everyone's mind. But for my first ideal move for the 76ers this offseason is, I, first of all, I think Daryl Morey needs to go in order to get rid of James Harden. Because I don't, I don't want James Harden on this team anymore. So I'm going to get rid of uh, Daryl Morey, and I'm going to let James Harden walk. And my first move is going to be signing Kyrie Irving to a two-year deal that includes 38... Uh, Mill is first year, 37 mil is second year. And then I am trading Tobias Harris to get off of his contract for Buddy Heald straight up. Trade worked. Um, I love the move. I think Buddy Heald is a great three-point shooter, and he spaces the floor with Embiid. And then I'm going to uh, do a little sneaky signing and get Kelly Oubre Jr., who averaged 20 points per game last year, and it's only uh, 27 still. Um, I'm going to sign him to a three-year deal worth about 18, uh, 27 mil, 9 mil a year. And then I'm going to sign P.J. Washington to a three-year deal. He's making about 5 mil a year. He's averaged around 15 last season. Great power forward guy. And then I'm going to keep P.J. Tucker as a glue guy. I think he's a good leader. De'Anthony Melton off the bench, great six man. You still have Tyrese on a $4.3 million contract this year, which is just free, and then I would like to extend him to a four- or five-year uh, max deal. Um, and then you have Jaden Springer off the bench, and I'm also going to re-sign Jalen McDaniels to a three-year deal, two mil a year, just keeping it there. He's averaging nine. I think he's a great bench rotation piece, good defender, can hit I'll the three. His three-point percentage. Too. Yeah, can hit the three at times. And then you have Springer. He's in a bright spot. Yeah, I, I think he had he was dropping like 35-plus a game in the Delaware Blue Coats finals um, when they won. So, I, I, You know what I love to see, too? Like he Obviously, he wasn't like a key factor in the rotations, but like in the games where we were getting blown out, when he went in, going hard. like Great on-ball defender. He was just getting buckets. Like That's kind of tough to like, send a guy in, like, you're, all right, you're down 30. Like, just go just play the rest of the game so no one gets hurt. Like, yeah. And you're out there giving it your all. Like I was impressed with Springer. Yeah, I was too. And when we drafted him, he was 19. So, 
again, just some guys he need time to develop. From another year at Tennessee, I think. Yeah, but again, some some guys need to develop, and I'm perfectly okay allowing him to de- develop. And I believe he's 22 now, so 21, 22, and almost ready to start getting bench rotation minutes. I mean, you still have Daniel House on the team. You still have Montrezl Harrell who can play a backup spot, which I love, and it's kind of my team. And I think that's a championship squad. I mean, you starting lineup. You have Maxi, Kyrie, Kelly Oubre Jr., P.J. Washington, and Joel Embiid. I think that's a championship. P.J. Washington gets slept on too. Slept on. And I don't even think he's hit like his peak yet. Either. I don't think he either. I mean, I, he's on the horn. It's like he's a young guy on the horn. Yeah. He shows a lot of talent, but like. With the right coaching, right guys around him, right leadership. Yeah, Nick yeah. Nurse with him on the Sixers team. Yeah. I, I, I truly think, and if Kyrie stays sane, Kyrie and Joel are <laughs> Kyrie and Joel are you know, better duo. You gotta say that. Like, I know. Like I don't play basketball. I just play basketball, man. I don't want all the all. Like again, like I would take Kyrie Irving any day over James Harden. I think Kyrie Irving's a way better basketball player right now than James Harden. James Harden's more of a self guy plays better on his own team, his own players, who he wants to play with. So, to be honest, I don't see a reason why this team can't be constructed, and I don't see a reason why they wouldn't win a championship in 2023. Yeah, Chase, what I love about your new team is all the shooting. Like, Maxi, exactly. Ubre can shoot 37% from three. Kyrie can go nine for 12. Yeah. Like, McDaniels off the bench. Melton can shoot. Yeah. That's nice. That's a nice roster with the right coach too. Yeah, I think Scott's. Limited. I think I think that is because. And of course, it's compatible with the cap, salary, all that. So. What if What if we like the one thing that we've always asked is to round Embiid with shooters? We still haven't really completely done that. Not at all. No. That's what Embiid needs. And when you look at the Celtics, they're not going to double, triple team Embiid if you have You're gonna leave the Kyrie shooting. And Maxie open, like Are you going to leave game. Buddy Heald open for three? No, you, c- you just can't allow those shots to I happen. I love that team. I really do. So, Joe, let's hear your... All right, my team is the me sore from the Mother's Day Massacre. We're blowing this thing up. I'm throwing a grenade right into the roster. <laughs> First thing we're doing, we're sending Embiid and Tucker to the Trailblazers. Now... Only, I like Tucker, I was, me and Chase were talking about this before the episode, I don't have a problem with him. I'm not a Tucker hater. I think he gets the right amount of love. I think his value was felt this year. Um, you know, he's just an older guy. You know, he's, I'm, I'm in full rebuild. Whereas, I'm not, we might not win the championship this year, but I'm trying to build a dynasty here. So, we're trading Tucker. But hey, I mean, championship window will still be able, you'll hear. Anyways. Move Tucker and Embiid for Anthony Simons, Jeremy Grant, and the third overall pick. With that third pick, um, this is my assumption. This is what all the mock drafts are lining up with. This is just how I would have to imagine it goes. Wembenyana, of course, going to go first overall to the Spurs. And then a lot of people have Brandon Miller from Alabama going second, which I think tracks. I mean, to me, he was the best player in college basketball last year. And then Scoot Henderson from the G League Ignite, um, best point guard in the draft. I got him coming to the Philly um, with the third pick. So then my next move is you trade Harden, and I don't love moving off Melton, but you got to give something to get something, and a second rounder for Paul George from the Clippers. Clippers are in some cap hell right now. Um, you know, Paul George makes $45 million, so does Leonard. It's a lot of money right there for guys that they're not happy with how much they've been on the court. So they kind of have to really move one here also. George is getting to the end of his contract, and you can't let a guy like that just walk for nothing. 
So you get that. That frees up $32 million in cap space because Tucker makes $11 million a year. I mean, Harris, of course, you know, the infamous $40 million man. And then my new starting lineup becomes Maxi, Anthony Simons, Harris, Paul George, and Jeremy Grant. So you don't run a traditional center. You start off the year with Scoot Henderson coming off the bench, similar in a fashion that Benedict Matherin came off the bench. And Benedict Matherin averaged around 17 yeah. a game. Had a, yeah, it was perfect. And, like, for a point guard especially, it's tough to go, you know, because NBA defense, if these coaches, like Eric Spolstra, like these guys will eat you up if you, you know, you're a 19-year-old playing point guard in the NBA. So start him off the bench, and, hey, if he's really that much of an impact factor, we could start him, and I would be okay to have Grant or Harris be the sixth man which in my eyes, it would give Philly a true like six-man-of-the-year type guy, like how the Celtics have Malcolm Brogdon. Like, whereas we, you know, Melton, great six-man, but we never had like a true like game-changing six-man who could actually drop like 20, 30 points. So. And then you keep Niang, McDaniels, House, Reed, and Melton. And, you know, you're going small. I mean, you might get banged up a little bit in the regular season by some big teams like the Lakers and Nuggets and... But I think come playoff time, I think this roster will be able to compete with the right coach in Nick Nurse. And Nick Nurse has coached um, smaller teams. Like that 2019 Raptors team, they had their two bigs and Ibaka and Gasol. But, like, it was a small team, you know. And now the team that he made some playoff runs with, like, in the bubble when they moved off those guys and lost Leonard, it was a smaller team like Van Vliet, OG Ananobi, Scotty Barnes, Siakam, really, as your five when he's, you know, a 6'9 forward. So... I think Nurse would be the right guy for the job, and that would be my dream offseason. And then you also have the ability to then sign somebody with that freed up $32 million, So, And I would also look into, if I if that happened, I'd want to move off Tobias mid-year just so that, because this is the last year on his contract, I wouldn't want him to walk for nothing. So I, wa- I would want to get something out of him, even if it be a first. Like, if he's not producing, move him for a first to, like, a contender midway through. But, yeah, I mean, that's my dream situation. I really want Scoot Henderson. I really think he's going to be one of them ones. I mean, honestly, it really seems like me and Chase are almost higher on him than we are on Wemby. Yeah, I, I think I understand the Wemby hype. I understand like what you see. Seven five. He's a freak. seven five freak. What he can do dribbling the basketball, but when he's going against these big seven one center like that are two hundred eighty pounds. Think about it. Embiid's going to eat him for lunch. And he's gonna, Rudy Gobert is gonna eat him for lunch. Jokic, Jokic, Jokic will just eat him for. Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony, like these guys are gonna Giannis. torch him. I, Giannis, I don't think Zion. with his weight right now he'll be able to compete. I think he's gonna be a liability on defense. He's also playing in France. Yeah, I would have liked to seen him play some D one ball or play in the G League. Like if I, I'm, I'm watching and I'm like, all right, you have a six. Nine guy on you, congrats! Like I don't, I don't see what's so impressive about what he can do on the ball. But again, it's also I'm not a, I'm not a NBA scout, but I'm seeing Scoot Henderson, who can be the best player in this draft. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm not not Brandon Miller too. I think he could be awesome. And you know, there's some there's some good guys coming out. A lot of really talented players, like my guy. Jeremy Roach. I think he would have been a top 10 pick, but he's staying another year. Um, one thing to keep an eye on. A little bit of a sleeper, maybe in the second rounder. Keontae Johnson, Kansas mm. State. Projected second rounder because of his heart problems. I think that's all worked out. He looked like a beast on Kansas State last year, taking him to the Elite Eight. 
I think he'd be a guy that if he falls to the second round, there's a lot of GMs that are going to be looking silly in a couple years. Yeah, I I think he'll be a great pick in the second round. He's got an NBA body already. He's oh, already. His shoulders. He's sh- he's he's built to be a small. Like when I saw, I was expecting to see him top fifteen. When I saw he's projected in every mock draft second round, I was shocked. Yeah, I don't understand that. But, you know. It's going to be an interesting offseason, though. I think our phones are going to be blowing up these next couple days already. You know, River's gone, Harden wants out. It's going to be a crazy year, and honestly, I want us to make a ton of moves because I can't watch this same main group of guys just do it again and lose in the second round. I just can't do it. It's so hard. It was so hard for me to get hyped up this year. Like a fooled man, the fooled man that I am, I did get hyped. Um, same. But... They broke me again, and that's it. You know, it's a shame. And it go down to Boston too, of all teams. Again, what are you Boston gonna do? Celtics. You know, I love to see. We're gonna get into this in our uh, next episode, episode twenty-one. But about those Miami Heat. Save that for the next one. Though. We'll save it for the next one. For now, I think that's all we got for episode twenty. That concludes Pleasure episode twenty. Yeah.